Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. Remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Coming up is the first of two parts from the 2021 Gospel of Life presentation in Colorado. The title of the talk from Kathy Roos is Parents Fight Back, Radical Sex Ed in Schools. Sometimes I start my talk with greetings from Fairfax County, Virginia, where we conduct psychosocial experimentation on children without their parents' knowledge or consent. Uh, You may, I don't know if news has gotten out this way about some of the stuff that's happening in Fairfax and Loudoun County, but I'm going to cover it a little bit. Um, But it's happening everywhere, and I know that you've had a lot of trouble here in Colorado, so let's get to it. So I have to confess that I didn't know a lot about what was happening in my public school because my daughters go to Catholic schools. They go to a lovely Catholic school run by Opus Dei called Oakcrest, and we just are, we're so blessed. So I really wasn't paying attention until I heard on the radio that my school board had voted 11 to 1 to let boys in the girls' bathroom. That got my attention. That got me to start going to school board meetings. And that's when I learned that right down the street, a spiritual battle was raging over the bodies and souls of the next generation, and the sexual left was winning, and the other side, my side, wasn't even on the battlefield. But I am convinced, thanks be to God, that that is about to change. The first thing that you have to know, and that very few parents know, is that sex ed is not really about sex ed anymore. This is SECUS, the Sexuality Information and Education Council of the U.S. It has its roots in the horrible evil Alfred Kinsey, if you know anything about Kinsey. So SECUS recently rebranded itself after 50 years, and you can see its new logo now at the bottom, Sex Ed for Social Change. That's what it puts on all of its products, Sex Ed for Social Change. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means, according to their literature, sex ed is a vehicle for racial justice. Sex ed is a vehicle for creating a generation of people who affirm each other's sexual identities. Sex ed is the way to, quote, shift the culture on LGBTQ equality, on white supremacy, and on reproductive justice, which we know is a euphemism for abortion. Today's sex ed is about politics and power. These powerful political groups that are pushing, what they are pushing is called comprehensive sexuality education. What that is, is an agenda-driven curriculum that sexualizes children from the youngest ages, promotes the concept of a child's sexual rights and sexual identity. Um, Sex positive and anti-shaming are its watchwords. CECUS is the industry leader in sex education in America. Whoops, I gotta go back. More CECUS, (laughs) lovely. And I say industry advisedly because sex ed is big business today with powerful international players. Here are some of them. Nope, I'll get it right. So these are just some of them. Altogether, these groups raise close to a billion dollars a year and have nearly a billion dollars in reserves. Now, You know the answer to my question because you saw my next slide. Why would so many wealthy international organizations pour so much of their time and money into grade school lesson plans? Politics and power, that's why. Give me just one generation of youth and I will transform the whole world, Vladimir Lenin. So that's why. Sika sets the brand and Planned Parenthood is one of the largest 
uh, deliverers of sex education in this country. Planned Parenthood, in fact, claims to be, and they may be accurate, the largest provider of sex ed in the United States. So Planned Parenthood aborts more unplanned babies than any other butcher in the world, and they provide the most sex education. Does anybody see the irony here? Well, Planned Parenthood's donors include the richest men in the world. As we know, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, George Soros, the Rockefeller family, and they have utterly transformed sex ed in this country. In many school districts, I don't know if yours does this here in your districts in Colorado, but in mine, in many school districts across the country, what do they call sex ed? They call it family life education. Family life. Isn't that lovely? It's just so sweet. And so family life education conjures up something really beautiful, doesn't it? It would be, what? wow, if my kids, I would love for them to have family life education. Do you think they're deliberately trying to deceive parents? I do too. In my district of Fairfax County, 47% of families in my school system are recent immigrants. When those parents get the big stack of school mailings at the beginning of the year, if they happen to see the reference to family life education, and if they happen to see the small print about opting out of family life education, why ever would they? They love families. So most parents will never learn that family life education means their children will get lessons like this one from a Planned Parenthood sexpert shown to ninth grade girls in a rural county in Virginia without their parents' knowledge or consent. Or this one, from Planned Parenthood's sex ed curriculum called Get Real. Brittany's girlfriend wants to have oral sex with her. Her friends say that having oral sex will bring them closer together. But Brittany's moms think she should wait until she's older. Brittany is scared of hurting her girlfriend's feelings. What should she do? Real lesson, note the number up in the top right-hand corner. This is for seventh graders, little seventh graders. Now, parents won't ever learn that their precious children were confronted with this trash unless the kids come home and tell their parents after the fact, after the damage is done. Some kids will tell their parents, but many others won't. Some are too embarrassed. They're mortified. Or, and, they don't want to be the kid that's pulled out and stuck in the hallway like they've done something wrong. And I apologize, this stuff is so horrible. We're going to move, you know, I'll go as quickly as I can through this. Have you heard of PrEP? Most parents haven't either. But Planned Parenthood got a grant of about $2 million a couple of years ago to promote it. And so, two years ago, my school district uh, decided to promote this in our family life education. PrEP, pre-exposure prophylaxis, is a daily sex pill to, re to reduce the risk of acquiring HIV. Who was it created for? It was created for a specific population, for men who have sex with men, who have multiple or anonymous sex partners, whose HIV status is unknown. Even among LGBT activists, it's controversial. This is Michael Weinstein, founder and director of the AIDS Healthcare Foundation in New York City. He called PrEP a party drug that will cause a public health catastrophe by triggering a dangerous increase in risky sex. And yet, the Fairfax County School Board voted to promote it to our high school kids every year, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. 
without asking their parents first, even before it was um, approved by the FDA for minors. So minors weren't allowed legally to take it. Legally, they're not allowed to be engaging in this behavior anyway, but we promote it every year to our high school, senior, our high school, high school kids. Now, what about abstinence? What about abstinence? Isn't sex ed supposed to teach abstinence? Isn't what that's sort of really all about in our view as parents? Well, most states do require that sex ed curricula um, teaches abstinence. And my state of Virginia requires that as well. But that doesn't mean the people drafting the lessons or providing the lessons are going to be honest about it. In Fairfax County, um, I attended several sex ed drafting committee meetings. Um, I brought my pastor to a couple of them. It was terrific to watch this very tall priest walk in and amongst what was going on. Um, anyway, so one of these meetings I recall vividly, a very um, obnoxious, loud member of the committee was trying to remove abstinence altogether from our lessons. He was offended that that value should be imposed on kids in Fairfax County. When parents come from different religious and cultural backgrounds was his argument. And he had the votes to do it. They had plenty of votes to remove abstinence altogether until one of the board members remembered, oh yes, no, it's required by Virginia law. We have to leave it in. So they just didn't vote on it. But so how does my county teach abstinence? Uh, this is um, a screenshot of a page from the summary of our eighth grade abstinence lesson. It's what parents find if they do a little research into our family life education curriculum. And so what they see here is that there's a lesson about the benefits of abstaining from sex until marriage. And I underlined until marriage because the word marriage doesn't appear once in the entire lesson, in the real lesson, not what parents see. So what does the real lesson look like? Well, when you look at, when you dig deeper and you see the actual teacher script, what you find is that children will be taken through a decision-making model in order to make a personal decision about whether or not they will choose to practice sexual abstinence until what? Until what? Not until marriage, it's not in there but until they're in a monogamous relationship. What is this teaching children? It's teaching them to make their own decision about saving sex for their next steady boyfriend or girlfriend. This ain't abstinence in any parent's view, am I right? And they know it, but they figured out how to fool the parents on this one because parents are the enemy. I, I couldn't conclude that for a few years when I started attending board meetings and looking into this more closely because I couldn't believe what I was seeing happening. But it is my conclusion that in many, many public school systems, parents are the enemy. Okay, two points about consent. Okay, after the Me Too movement exposed lots and lots and lots of sexual predators on the left, everyone likes to talk about now consent right? Consent. And the power players in sex ed love to talk about consent. Attending these drafting meetings, at the beginning we didn't hear it. It was strange, the evolution, and then all of a sudden everything, every lesson had to have consent. Consent, consent, consent. Well, what is this? 
Well, consent education is all the rage now on the left, who controls all the schools, and it's framed in a way for kids to resist committing or becoming victims of sexual assault. Fine, but it goes way, way, way beyond that. When you look at what the industry leaders are saying, you find things like this, quote, Consent means moving beyond refusal skills to teach young people how to ask for consent for sex. Another industry leader says, quote, consent education respects young people's right to sexual agency and self-determination. The sex ad power players use consent, this is my little theory, well, my observation, as a substitute for abstinence. Abstinence is a dirty word in the public school system on the left. But consent, oh, that's the best word you could have. So for them, consent is a substitute. And it occurred to me, here's the evolution. Way back when, don't have sex. Then, okay, you're going to have sex anyway, so make sure it's safe sex. Wear a condom. And if you don't wear a condom, then just make sure you take prep every day. It's fine. But now, the lessons really are, you really should have sex or can. Remember, abstinence is offensive. But just make sure you get consent first. So consent is the new safe sex in public schools. It is absolutely the new safe sex. Consent is the ticket to shame-free, guilt-free sex. It is absolutely the highest, mor it's the highest moral imperative. It's the only moral imperative anymore when you're talking about kids and sex. Now, the second point about consent. The first people whose consent should be sought is whom? Parents. Parents, right? If you think about it, some adult man or woman who you've never met wants to talk sex with your child. There's something sort of creepy about that, isn't there? And it should be kind of creepy. Now, maybe if it was a nurse talking about the science of human development and human re reproduction, maybe. But we've lost, uh, that train has left the station a long, long time ago. So today we have public school teachers pushing daily sex uh, pills on kids, as I described. Now. In my research, and I've researched, um, when I was at the Family Research Council, uh, I was, we received lots and lots of information from parents, phone calls, emails, about what they were all struggling with and fighting. And so when I wrote the sex ed um, in, in public schools pamphlet, which you're welcome to take, you'll see examples from all across the country. And in, not in one single school district had, did I find that schools asked parents first before exposing their kids to explicit sexual content. Now, every school asks parents first before taking a child on a field trip to the museum, right? Schools ask parents first before their kids are, are allowed to enroll in a music, in band, or in music lessons at school. But they don't ever ask parents first before enrolling their child in graphic, politicized sex classes that could change their lives forever. My school district in Fairfax County has 80 hours of sex ed per child. That's 8-0. And what that means is that if a child goes through our public school system, grade 1 through 12, they will receive 80 hours of sex ed. Think about the mischief that can be done in 80 hours and the learning that's not being done in 80 hours. So in my district, like in most districts, the schools automatically enroll every child in every lesson, 
They never ask the parents first. And when they're challenged on this or, or begged by parents at school board meetings, please ask us first, they very glibly say, well, there's an opt-out. There's an opt-out, so just opt-out. Opt-out means catch us if you can. Opt-out is meaningless. My information is that's what your school districts have here. It's meaningless. Why is it meaningless? Because it puts the burden first completely on the parents. Parents have to find out what's going to be taught, even before they consider finding out how to opt out. So what's going to be taught? Well, how do they do that? Well, maybe they read the lesson summaries, like, like the eighth grade abstinence summary in Fairfax. No, they would have to dig through hours and hours and videos upon videos to really find out what's going on. So it's not, it should, that, this burden should not be on the shoulders of the parents. And they're calling it now family life. The whole thing is deceptive. Opt, opt out means catch us if you can. And what opt out does is provides education bureaucrats, bureaucrats, bureaucrats. oh, that's a Freudian slip. <laughs> education bureaucrats with the perfect excuse. It's the perfect smokescreen. Because when most parents who are in the dark through no fault of their own, don't opt their children out, then the school board gets to use that against parents too. Hey you, Christian bigots, you extremists. Only 2% of families opted the kids out last year. Why would we change what we're doing when 98% of the families like it? I was told that at one school board meeting. That's a big, big, fat, stinking lie. See how it works. So what I say is that every parent should be sent in advance copies of every word of every lesson. No right to review. Right to review is meaningless too. Do parents give, do schools give parents a right to review the field trips they're going to take their kids on without signed consent? No, of course not. No, schools send parents detailed explanations about where the field trip is going, how long it's going to be, who's going to be accompanying them, and parents have to sign those forms first. No signature, the child doesn't get on the bus, right? Well, that's what must happen with sex ed, too. Every single class, no signature, no lesson. But school districts don't want to provide this courtesy to parents because they don't respect parents, because parents are the enemy. Now, a word about school culture. Even if parents do find out what's in sex ed, in the fine print, and figure out how to opt their kids out of every lesson, then it's still not good enough. Because as my friend, author Mary Hassan says, they're swimming in it. The Southern Poverty Law Center pushes public schools today to teach queer history. Yes, this anti-Christian hate profiteer has gotten into the game of lesson planning for our kids, and they have a campaign called Teaching Tolerance to teach history teachers how to put a queer spin on nearly every major event in American history. And in fact, the Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center has so much money that they were able to, to mail a slick best practices guide to every single school principal in the nation, public school principal, and in fact, one came to our little school at Oakcrest, and the, the front desk clerk said, oh, you'll be interested in this. Um, 
Yeah, so just contemplate the amount of money you have to, to be able to do that. Unsolicited, they send it everywhere. And what the guide does is pushes schools to make their proms trans-inclusive and shows them how to have a queer school culture. Like having school-wide celebrations of LGBTQ plus equity week, which happens in October. It might be happening right now at your schools. This week is celebrated across the country in October, and odds are parents have no idea. This particular mural is taken from, um, it's a screenshot from a website of, of a public school in Illinois who does um, trumpet what they do in October. Um, they boast that kindergartners get transgender story time, that first graders get to make pride flags and practice gender fluid pronouns. You can't really read all these words up here, but it's, it's a collage, and in the, the handwriting looks like it's made by kids, and it has, talks about the different flags, like pansexuality flag and polysexuality flag, and what are the kids told about, what are they told about this, and what are they thinking about this? The really great group Mission America has found over 15 different sex propaganda events that on school, public school calendars. As you can see, there are celebrations in almost every month of the school year. National Coming Out Day, Transgender Awareness Week, an entire month dedicated to LGBTQ pride. They're swimming in it. But the real game changer, the thing that finally got my attention, is the total embrace of the radical anti-science proposition that biological sex is meaningless. The transgender movement wants to radically change society's understanding of the human person. And as with any revolution, the softest targets always, always are children. Um, I'm going to, little side note, my husband, Austin, um, his new book is called Under Siege, No Finer Time to Be a Faithful Catholic. And Lynn, you should have him next year. He's, it's a fantastic book, and he's a great speaker. But one of the things he addresses is the fact how lucky we are to be here right now where God brought us, where God intended us to be, for one, and for, for many reasons. But one reason is we get to participate in the great question of our age. There have been gr three great questions that would concern Catholics, and really humans. Who is Christ? Big question, dealt with in the past. Some of us wish we could have been there, right? Many of us do. And then another era, who is, who is the church? Huge question, global question. What's the global question? Today, who is the human person? What is the human person? Who is the human person? This is our question. You great seminarians, you get to be priests in the age when that is the question that the world is struggling with. How fortunate are we? We get to be part of this fight. Anyway, so that is, that is what the transgender cult, and it's a cult, is, is trying to, um, to do, to change the understanding of the human person, and they target children. Now, transgender ideology teaches children that they can be born in the wrong body. That's a terrifying message. And of course, it's a lie. And hats off to the American College of Pediatricians, who calls it psychological child abuse, which it is. Now, public schools like my school system in Fairfax County, and everywhere, really, are scrubbing male and female from lessons on human sexuality and replacing it with fake science propaganda, like the term sex assigned at birth, 
Perhaps you've heard that. You're going to hear a lot of it. And that teaches children that their true sex can be different than their bodily sex. This is our crowd in Fairfax the night the, the board voted um, 10 to 2 to scrub male and female and to vote in this radical language against overwhelming opposition by the citizens of Fairfax County. Now, this was a, we could, there, a whole speech could be done on this one night because our guys are green for nature and science and the other side dresses, likes to dress in pink and purple all the time and usually they dominate the whole school board auditorium. But as you can see, we're pretty much half and a half here, so that was a good, good showing. But one of the remarkable things, and this also goes to my husband's book, I think I had a lot of, I gave him a lot of food for thought for this new book, but um, one of the fascinating things was that our side, each side had just a few speakers in the board. It was a predetermined, they, we knew what they were going to do, but we had to fight anyway. So we had, we had a parent, we had a, a medical professional, we had a scientist, I think. So, but those were certainly our arguments. And then on their side, one after another, they had religious pe people in religious, like priests of some sort of religion. They had a couple of them. So, which underscores the fact that what, what we believe is absolutely rooted in truth and science, and what they are pushing is a crazy kind of new religion with new priests and new dogmas. And part of my husband's book is that there's a new, there's a new God that we're all been asked to bend the knee to. Um, and that this new God, um, or not, excuse me, not new God, there's a new church that we've been, that, uh, that is hunting heretics, which is us. So you should get my husband's book. Anyway, so that was that night, but we lost, but we're still fighting. Um, here's the truth. Every child is born in exactly the right body. That is our belief. I recommend you commit this to memory and say it often anytime you're confronted. Every child is born in exactly the right body. Now, if you don't know the wonderful Dr. M Michelle Critella of the American College of Pediatricians, she's the bravest doctor I know. And she's been out there, tip of the spear, fighting this. And what she says, and I love, I've seen her presentations many times. I love how she says, our bodies declare our sex. Our bodies declare our sex. They are designed to play one biological role in reproduction or the other. There are two biological roles in human reproduction, two roles, two sexes. You've been listening to Parents Fight Back, Radical Sex Ed in Schools from Kathy Roos who spoke at the 2021 Gospel of Light presentation in Colorado. This is the first of two parts. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. <laughs>